You're listening to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast, episode 88, with Max Askren. Man, I've been television from the time I was in eighth grade. <laughs> you know? I mean, like what I say, you know, I know you've probably heard Ben say it or whatever. It's like he didn't take, I, I had no days off. I didn't want a day off. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. It's a new year. It's still the same podcast. Wrestling changed my life. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is your host, Ryan Warner, coming to you live from the capital of wrestling, Chicago, Illinois. It's great to be back, folks. My guest today is the great Max Askren, NCAA champion for Missouri, co-founder and co-owner of the Askren Wrestling Academy. As you can imagine, Max has an incredibly unique perspective on wrestling and on development, and I loved, love, love this conversation. I know you folks will as well. Fan of the week goes to our good friend Gary Parsiak on Twitter. That's at pair you with me. Looks like Gary's a Sox fan, so I'll have to forgive him for that. But in all fairness, Gary, really appreciate you listening to the show and for giving us some love on Twitter. So thank you, sir. Last but not least, this episode is brought to you by the Wrestling Changed My Life online store. You can find it at store.wrestlingchangedmylife.com. My favorite item right now is the Shield coffee mug. And we're doing a giveaway where the first person who posts a picture of the mug tags me on Instagram or Twitter and writes a few words on how wrestling changed their life. I'll send you a mug on the house. Again, the contest is the first person who posts a picture of the Wrestling Change My Life Shield coffee mug, I'll let you guys find it, tags me on Instagram or Twitter with a few words on how wrestling changed your life, I'll send you that mug this week, by this Friday. A couple other things before we get to the episode. I owe you guys an apology because the Larry Owings episode, the last five minutes or so cut off. And I'm not sure why, because the file I uploaded didn't have that issue. So maybe uh, some issues with my hosting platform, and I may be looking to switch. If you ever notice anything wrong with the episodes, please let me know, because I listen to these several times before going out. And so if there's ever something wrong, it's happening on the on your end versus uh, on my end. So I want to make sure we can get that fixed. And if I need to, I'll switch hosting platforms. Last but not least, if you want to watch this episode, you could do so on YouTube. Just search Wrestling Changed My Life on YouTube. And also, feel free to follow us on social media. I cut up a ton of videos from these interviews. On Twitter, it's Ryan Warner. On Instagram, it's Wrestling Changed My Life. That's it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to this episode with Max Askren. Peace! Max Askren, welcome to the podcast, my friend. How are you? Hey, doing good there, Ryan. Yourself? Outstanding. A couple days before Christmas, so just getting things wrapped up before we head out. Perfect. So, man, you are... NCA champion, and you're doing a lot with coaching now, so I'm excited to get into that. But let's go back to yeah. the origin story, man. Obviously, everyone knows you have an older brother that wrestled. Is, yep. is that how you got involved with the sport, or if not, you know, what was your story into the sport of wrestling? Yeah, no. So he, I mean, so Ben, it wasn't Ben's choice to get involved in wrestling either. I, I don't believe. I mean, maybe it was, but I, uh, you know, it's like I think he was like five or six at that time, and I was like whatever, three, four, or something like that. And I really wasn't wrestling in the beginning. I mean, I was like going to practice because my dad brought me there and you know it's like i couldn't stay at the home by myself so i was like hanging out on the on, on the sides of the mats um our dad got us into it and i think uh you know it's so i guess more so um you know he he enjoyed 
uh, or he thought that the qualities that you learned from wrestling were, were the ones that would benefit us in, in, in life, you know? And so he enjoyed that and he, he didn't want us to be pumpkin pushers. So. <laughs> did he wrestle? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he wrestled. So, uh, you know, it's like, and again, I, I, I guess I shouldn't, you know, it's like say, I always used to say that, uh, you know, it's like he wasn't very good, but maybe he was good in his own right. You know, it's like, uh, I don't think he spent much time, you know, put much time into it. Um, but, you know, but I think he, you know, was probably at a state qualifier level-ish. Okay. Um, and then didn't end up wrestling as a senior. But so he, he grew up in Iowa, um, right outside Des Moines. Or not right outside, but pretty close to Des Moines. Okay. Was yep. your mom uh, into sports at all? Or was she, because my mom wasn't into wrestling at all. And then we got into yeah. it. She was kind of like a. Uh, flower child in the 60s but yeah did your mom an ath- athlete at all or what was her background not so not in particular and so i don't know how this worked. you know it's like th- it was like she was right at the point where like title nine started yeah and women's women's program started coming around so i thought I, i'm pretty certain she did gymnastics at iowa state for like a semester or something like that but again i think like when they started those were intermur- like intramural sports right like i think they went and they did those ex- activities not really as like competitive like NCA, like like we know them today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so a little bit, but you know, I think you know, I think she was just kind of doing activities, and but she's athletic enough. Man, Title Nine is such a uh, obviously it's a very you know controversial topic, but if you look at it from the other side, it was crazy yeah. successful, right? <laughs> I yeah, I would say I don't think it's controversy at all. You know, and when I say it, I mean like I don't think that. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that the people that imposed it meant to cut all men's sports. I think they meant to give women an opportunity. And so for that sense, you're like, all right, Leo, it, it's, it's great. We're going to add more women's programs. They didn't think that the reverse is going to happen and they were just start hacking all the men's programs. Um, it's unfortunate how, how different things get implemented, you know, it's, it wasn't the intent, but. Yeah, it is. what I mean, yeah, a couple hundred programs have been cut, but obviously, yeah. Yeah, it's freaking crazy. I, it's crazy. I uh, I love going down the history of rabbit hole. And you know, sometimes you see old NCAA brackets of like UCLA in there and it's like Syracuse and God, yeah. how cool would that be to have like a UCLA cool. right now and yeah. wrestling or there's so many of those programs. Do you guys see a big uptick in women wrestling with the AWA at the youth level? We're starting to see more and more. I, you know, it's like I think I think the hard thing is getting a nucleus started. So right now, and, and it's just how it's in its infancy. So you know, you see like there's like a couple women's group in Wisconsin, and they're pulling women from like I would say you know it's like an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours to come to these practices. But it, but it's it's but it's a group of you know it's a group of uh you know girls that get together and that you know that that becomes their kind of their group and their 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 um uh, you know their community. And so I, I think it's good for them to have that. And so it's like, I think that women and men can wrestle together um, yeah. at some levels, but I think it's a really good thing for them to have like their own group and their own thing. Um, I think that's a positive thing. So I, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, it's something that I think we got, you know, it's like, you know, in our different locations, again, they're so far away that we, you know, it's like to share, you know, it's like have girls go back and forth is a little bit harder. But we're starting to have like two or three really consistent, um, you know, girls where like in, in the location that I coach. And so I'm hoping that, um, you know, you kind of use that as a nucleus to start and build. And yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's growing like crazy for sure. And, you know, if you look back to when I was in middle school, or even when you were, you know, there really wasn't they had girls wrestling, but not to the level we see now. But, you know, yeah. back kind of going back in time to when you were coming up, you know, I know you got started early on, but what was it like? When did wrestling really hook you and you decided this is something I want to commit to um, fully? Not till seventh grade, at least seventh, maybe eighth. I wanted to be a ninja before. <laughs> My brother got a wrestling mat. Like I, I want to say he's probably fourth, fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade or something. He started really getting into it. And like, so there's two things that happened. One, he tried to like hold me down there and wrestle me. And, and, and the whole thing was I'd run away and try and escape if he'd catch me down there. So I couldn't be in the basement if he was like around. <laughs> uh, and then two, like I wanted to be a ninja. So I don't know if you ever seen the movie Three Ninjas. No. No. <laughs> I'm thinking it of Chris like, Farley. Um... White Ninja. Well, yeah, the great white ninja. You remember that, that movie? Yeah. Beverly Hills Ninja. That's yeah. what it was. That's what I'm yeah, thinking but, of. Um, yeah. So, but whatever. So I was like, I was like messing around. I had a gi and stuff like that. Like I never <laughs> went to karate classes. I just wanted to like kick people. Um, yeah. And then seventh grade, eighth grade came around and you know, it's like, I was always involved, but I never took it super, super seriously. Like I went to the tournaments, but I, you know, it's like, it wasn't like, I was like, how can I get better at wrestling? And seventh, eighth grade, something clicked and I said, Hey, let's do this. And, kind of the rest the rest is written you know 
And was it for you at that point, 12 months a year? Or what was your, what was your regimen like what, before you got what to age? High, like middle school age. Uh, no, I would say fifth, sixth grade. I, so fifth grade was the last year I played baseball. And then I didn't stop playing football until ninth grade. I, I didn't play in ninth grade. I went out for preseason and decided that I just wanted to wrestle and, and made the decision there. But um, so I, I would say that I probably was like a five or six month type thing. You know, I probably until about seventh, eighth grade, eighth grade, especially it kind of turned into more of a year round thing. Um, but back then we didn't have as many clubs. So we used to go to a club named, you know, called we went to a club called Ringers when we were when I was real young. And then I think seventh grade, I stopped that. I didn't enjoy it. And I ended up went to a, a one that Troy Steiner started. So okay. I had coach of Fresno State. So he was like my club coach that like, I'd really consider like um, somebody that I had like a good relationship with. Um, or an actual relationship. I think when you're young, you don't develop personal relationship with coaches. And then when you're older, you like, they, they start kind of being role models at that point, you know? And so he was somebody that I really gravitated towards. Was he coaching at Wisconsin or did that like a club coach? And- <laughs> he was brought, he was brought in to coach at Wisconsin. Um, but then the Wisconsin coach, like, I don't know, he's, that's another story. So from what I hear, so I, I can't incriminate it. But so from what I hear, the uh, Wisconsin coach brought him in, him and Terry both um, said, hey, we both have jobs for you. They moved up. And then it turns out he only had one job. <laughs> um, and it was like in strength and conditioning. And so then then Troy was like, all right, well, what the hell do I do um, kind of thing. And so he ended up uh, he ended up like opening up a youth club. Um, so he did like high school and then youth and stuff like that and ran it out of the Madison room. Um, so it's called advance, which we actually just, um, we're going to, we're purchasing in March. So things are kind of coming full circle, which is, which is interesting, you know, but it's, uh, it's fun to be part of that, that, that legacy. Now was, and I've had Troy on the podcast. Yeah. A really laid back guy, man. But yeah, he must've been a gem to be around as a kid. Cause he's not like in your face really. Yeah. Maybe he is though. I mean, what was his no, style like back? Not in the at day? all. No, he's, uh, and, and, and for, for the little amount that I've been around him, like, it seems to me like he's like, you know, kind of like a John Smithish type, um, but, you know, but really quiet, really reserved. But when he says something, you listen, Yeah. you know, um, you know, using no nonsense. And I, I think, I think that is, you know, as, as coaches, it's, it's, uh, something a lot of us don't do, but you earn their time. You know, you're there every day, you're consistent, you're working hard. I think a lot of times that, that that's how you earn people's time. And so, you know, it's like I was there, every, you know, it's like as much as I, you know, I was there every day, you know, it's like, and I was working my butt off every day. I was consistent. And so I think for that reason, you know, it's like he, he, you know, it's like we gravitated towards each other and, um, you know, it's like he, he was a great mentor, you know, kept, kept me real calm, reserved, tell me what I needed to know, but not much more. You know, I think some coaches kind of overdo things as far as like they tell you every single detail about the other guy and this and that. And he was he was really good in that sense. He, uh, you know, he told me he told me something if he thought I needed to know it. And if it was something else, he kind of just let me figure it out on my own, which is which is perfect for me. And how how far apart was Ben at this time? Was he going to the same workouts as you like when you were a high schooler? <laughs> Yep. Yeah, yeah. So actually, so, so well, when I first started, so we first started, so it was the seventh or eighth grade. Um, I think it was seventh, but, um, but yeah, so he was three years older than me. So when he was a senior in high school, I was a freshman in high school. So track that back. So I think his sophomore year, but so we would drive down. So it'd be myself, my brother, and, and then our wrestling coach. Um, he was still, you know, it's like, which is really cool as a wrestling coach. We were really incredibly fortunate as high schoolers um, to have a coach that that wanted to better himself so much that he was like going to practices, you know, it's like in practicing just like as one of the guys. It wasn't like he was going and watching. He was like jumping in. And, oh, wow. Because he wanted to learn the technique. And I think I think watching the technique and actually learning it and figuring out how it actually works and what key, what are the key points? Uh, I think you need to do that. Um but yeah, so anyway, so yeah, he was traveling down the first two years. And then as soon as, you know, it's like, uh, I would say July hit after his senior year, then he was gone. Okay. Um, he went to Missouri and, yeah. And, and would you say kind of your breakthrough moment on the <clears throat> national seat in high school is when you got second at Fargo? Was that the first time you kind of yeah. busted through? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and, you know, it's like, I didn't, you know, I would say, so I cared as a freshman and that's, you know, I, I went out there and I think I went two and two as a cadet. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think I don't think I knew what I was getting into. So I like I thought I was training hard, um, but it wasn't until that next year that I really, you know, it's like I was like, all right, like I, I know who I need to beat. And actually, so it's really funny. And I've never told Mark this. And so the wrestling world's a small community once you get like kind of like up there. But so Mark Perry was actually the guy that I was I was going to beat. Um, actually, no, no, it wasn't Pat Bond. It was the year before. It was my sophomore year. I ended up uh, 
I beat a kid named Zach Freiling from Pennsylvania who ended up winning. It was when they had pool play. Mm -hmm. I lost to Brandon Mason and then um, I beat one other person. But either way, so like I, it, it was in like the pool. And so I got one last match than the other guys. So I ended up wrestling for third, fourth because um, I had so many I had so many tech falls. So I ended up taking fourth at, the, at Fargo as a sophomore. But anyway, but so from freshman to sophomore year, uh, you know how they had those ASICs posters that came out? Right. And it was like person, you know, it's like at the weights, they have the different weights. And the, and the wrestler of the year was Mark Perry at Blair. And I was I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can use Pratt Fatty's. Yeah, you definitely can. Yeah. I was like, F that guy. Fuck that like, guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go kick his ass, you know? <laughs> and so like that, you know, it's like, and so I always had it, like whenever I'd wake up, like next to my bed posts were, were the guys that I was going to wrestle, you know? And so like I wake up, I was like, all right, I'm going to smash it. Like it's like, you know, kind of like waking up, say hi to your friend, you know, it's because. I mean, even though they're people you're training to beat, it's really people that you probably have the most in common with. But um, so that was yeah. every day you'd wake up and I remember that Asics first yeah. team All American poster. Uh-huh. I'll never forget it. Yeah, hey, I just yeah, yeah, I just yeah. But so yeah, I get up and it, it was right there. I'm like all right, like time to start the day. Like this is this is what it's for. Like this is what I'm doing today. Like every single day. But um, uh, but it was yeah. So ironically enough, he ended up breaking his arm sometime in the summer. I didn't know it because like he didn't have flow or anything like that back in the day. So it's like now I think it'd be like breaking news. So and so is not wrestling. You know, whatever it is, right? Gets injured. And like, I didn't know I was, I was like, I'm going to smash this dude. Like, and then I got there like the Fargo dome and it's always like in the, in the turf, you know, where's where Wayans in. And so I go there and I think he was in a sling and I'm like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> I was like, I got to kick your ass. Like, take that off. So was like, was the guy Johnny Hendrickson at that weight or was he, a, was he at a different weight class? That no, year? Johnny Hendricks is older. I believe Johnny Hanks, I think was a year older. Um, so he wasn't there. He was been senior year and this is my sophomore year. So those guys would have been graduated. Yeah. Cause there's a story um, Mark Perry told on some interview where he was, you know, at Blair and he moved back to Stillwater to train and it was him, Esposito and Johnny Hendricks mm. all in the three man group. And then at Fargo, mm. they were supposed to go three different weights and Hendricks cut down and went the same weight as Perry. Oh, damn. And that was like the only guy Hendricks didn't tech that year was Mark Perry. Gotcha. Um, that must have been the year before because the year before, uh, I believe they were a weight class under Ben. Okay. Yeah. So then, so who'd, who'd you get second to at Fargo that year? I got, I got, uh, which year? That was my junior year. I never won Fargo. So my sophomore year, I lost to Zach Freiling and then lost to... Seth Garvin for third, fourth. And the next year I lost to Patrick Bond, uh, three, two in overtime. It was back when you had to get three points. And so Ben, Ben still this day is so pissed. Anytime you bring it up, he's like, that was a, that was a fucking false start. <laughs> it was like a rolling start in whatever he timed it well, you know, but he got to take them. I was like, fuck, and I, you know, it's like maybe it would have been a little bit before, but yeah. And then the next year, uh, <laughs> the next year I was being really dumb. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's something you don't, you don't learn and appreciate and, and figure yourself out till later on. But, uh, I'd beaten a guy named, uh, is the Moore twins. And I can't remember which one it was, which I feel bad about. Sorry to the Moore twins. Um, but anyway, but it, it, it was the bigger one, but, uh, I wrestled him at far or sorry, I wrestled him at Las Vegas, like alongside the senior nationals. Mm-hmm. And I beat him there on a last second. Uh, he was like down by a point. I ended up like throwing him at the end and like winning. And so it was like we were getting ready to go out, and I think it was like whatever. It was still pool play, but it had a it like this is the last match, and I win this one, then I go in the finals. And man, I was wrestling good, but uh, then before, like right before, he's like pats me on the head, he's like, "All right, like go get him, like whatever you do, just don't go upper body with him," you know. And so in my head, I was like, I was like, I'm gonna chuck this guy. I'm going upper body. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I go out there, and so I go to throw him. I get put to my back. You know, for three, I get off, I get, I get two takedowns and then I try and throw him again. And this happens three times. So I get thrown three times trying to chuck him. I ended up losing, I think like eight, nine or something like that. Uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty funny. But, um, what did Ben say after? Told you. I can't, I can't remember, you know, it's like, I was like, I was pissed off and I sure he was pissed off, you know, cause I didn't listen to him, but like that, that's part of the. That, that's part of what makes us good and it's part of what what makes us bad, you know, but I think understanding how to coach is, is finding that fine line of what somebody needs to hear. Yeah. Not the best thing you can say. Um, and so for him, it was like that that drove my competitive ires. I want to just prove him wrong as opposed to do what I should have done, you know. Now, some brothers <laughs> in, uh, in high school, you know, could be like they can't wrestle each other live. 
that was yeah. the case with my brother and I. And we uh-huh. really couldn't even drill that much. What about you and Ben? Were you friendly in the room or was it Yeah. You guys could yeah. go live and things like that? We could go live. He kicked my ass, but we could go live. I mean, it wasn't competitive. You know, so it's like my freshman year, I was just starting to get good, you know, but I was also a good bit smaller. I mean, I wrestled 52, not cutting anything, and I dropped down to 40 at the end of the year. Um, and he was at 171 and kind of, you know, it's like he was a good 71 size. So it's like, uh, so yeah, he, he would smash me. So, we, you know, it's like everyone's like, oh, well, you, you know, it's like you didn't know how it was having like no partners or not. You know, it's like you had Ben in the room. Like, well, I didn't really wrestle with Ben ever. You know, when I was in high school, it wasn't until like probably my sophomore, junior year that we started like using each other more so. And then really, um, you know, full time kind of when we went to college. Yeah. Was, you know, we worked out a lot. And was there any doubt that you were going to go to Missouri? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's like everything. It was like you kind of test the waters and see what's happening. And so it's like, um, you know, I, th- I think, I think I had to make a real decision, which was like, hey, like, you know, it's like, is that the best thing for me, and is that something I can live with, you know? And 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 so I, I, I had four, four visits set up. So I had one to Iowa where um, Troy was coaching with Jimmy Zaleski. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's like my club coach is there. I set one up to Iowa State. Um, and I was, I was, so it was Bobby Douglas was there. It was right after Kale won an Olympic title. Um, and I set one, I won to Lehigh and then I went to, um, Columbia university. So okay. out, out in New York city. And so, um, I love languages. So I, I, you know, it's like I studied Russian, French, Japanese in college and that, that's what I did. So, um, you know, New York city for that would have been amazing. And then Ivy league, great, great education. But I, I knew I never wanted to actually go into the business world and use the degree that I'd pay for. And so I, I checked that off after I went there. Um, and then I went to Iowa State and it was like the best wrestling situation I could ever hope for. You know, it's like Kale Sanderson is your workout partner right around your weight. Mm-hmm. I was wrestling 96 kilos at that time. So it's like, you know, he, he was right there. Um, and then it was the number one, number one recruiting class in the country. And so it's like I went both those places and like after kind of mulling on it, I was like, man, I was like, there's no way I could like tell my brother that I'm not coming, you know, <laughs> and, and not not only for that, but it's like, you know, and he told me too, and and he's a man of his word, which I, you know, it's like, which I really appreciate. But it was like, hey, like, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, it's like, if you come, I will stay until you're graduated, um, which is more than anyone would say. And to be honest, had I gone there, Kale would have been one year at Penn State because um, Varner, Varner's senior year, he left and he took off. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it was, it was, you know, it wasn't set, it wasn't set in stone. That wasn't, you know, and I think, you know, it's like really had I believed it would have been that much better. I think Ben would have wanted the best for me. Right. But man, yeah. it's, you know, brothers, it's a, it's a special bond and it's hard to imagine yeah. going, going somewhere else, especially when you guys are both, you know, similar weight. So when yeah. you got to college, I mean, you, did you retro your freshman year? Yeah. Yeah, I did. So you yeah, can't. So we- Go ahead. Oh, no, I was saying we had two years together. Okay. So we had my redshirt, his junior, and then my my freshman, his senior. So your redshirt freshman year, I mean, the story is well known. You came in on fire, undefeated the whole year. Before- uh, that, was, that was my freshman year. Are you talking about my, my redshirt year? What's the year I, you were number one going into the Nationals? That was my freshman year. True freshman. So I redshirt. Well, I know I redshirted my first year, and then my freshman year, then I, then, yeah, I was undefeated. Well, I wasn't undefeated. I got near. I got defensive fouled, Kenny, Kenny Ritchie, who <laughs> I don't hold anything against, but it was just kind of a dick move. Like I, I think he got caught up in the hype, and I usually he's like, oh, like I can, you know, it's like he, he, he's seen it and called it, and so whatever he's seen. Um, I think some people kind of try and make themselves more important, and I think that was a little bit of what he was doing. Um, you know, it's like, oh, like, you know, it's like there's an upset, you know, it's like it was like a roll through on a, on a crab ride. Nothing different. Didn't stop me. It was literally a roll through. He called the pin. I got up. I didn't know what the fuck happened. Jesus. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so yeah, I went to NCAAs and so let's, let's get, a, let's get a little build up to this season. So yeah. coming into your retro freshman year, you know, number one or number not, maybe not number one, the season started, but by like Christmas time, you know, you were one of the top guys. And yeah. I've heard you say that you were wrestling free at the beginning of the year and then something kind of happened where you started, I don't know, putting too much pressure on yourself. Now that you're a coach looking back, what do you think it was that kind of made you wrestle a little bit tighter as that season went on? Uh, you know, it's like, I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of things there. Um, you know, I think two of the major factors, you know, I would say one um, definitely was, man, it's like, you got to ignore people. And like, I think as coaches, you know, so, so, and so when I say this, I, I don't mean that my coaches did anything wrong. 
um, or should have done it, you know, it's like should have been better, but it's, you know, it's like understanding, like, you know, it's if you are coaching, you hear this going on, you're like, shit, like you need to stop them. But like people, you know, it's like people constantly like, Hey, like you're going to win NCAA title. Hey, you're going to win NCAA title. Hey, you're ranked number one. You're doing really good. Keep, you know, it's like this and that. And it's like, that's not what I cared about. And that's not what I was doing it for. Um, but when you hear it day in and day out and, and all those things, it's like, that's, that's, that's what you relate things to. You know, I, you know, it's like, so then it started being related to like winning matches and being number one and winning and see a title, um, which to be honest, I just really wanted to freaking smash people as bad as I could and wrestle hard for seven minutes. You know, it's like, when I did that, good things really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that, that was one thing. And then, you know, it's like the other thing is, man, it's like, I, I, uh, I don't know, man, I, I look at it, man, I, I would say I was semi sheltered. And in that sense, I mean, like self self imposed. Um, but dude, I didn't care about anything. <laughs> it's like, I didn't care about current events. I didn't care about, you know, it's like, I'd, you know, see like girls and stuff and I chase girls here and there, but like, I've never put very much effort into it. You know, it's like every single day when I woke up, I knew what I was doing. It, it, it was, it was wrestling hard, doing whatever I need to be the best, as best as I could. Um, and so actually, so it was like the day before big 12s, um, we, we, we like as a team, we were super close. It was awesome. Man. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the best atmospheres, like just as far as a group culture, we really had a really good thing going, a special thing happening there. Um, but we went to a movie, we got out. And so I turned my phone off. I turned it back on. I had like 20, 20, 20 texts or something like that. And then like seven voicemails said, Hey, call me, call me. So I had a good friend, um, that was supposed to be visiting that next week. And uh, so she was going to be coming in like whatever, like Friday during that gap, you know, you have gap between conferences and NCAs. Yeah. And so I was planning on her coming, you know, she was coming in and so I call and so she got hit by a, a, a uh, trash truck in Madison and died. So rather than her coming in and visiting and like having a you know good time and hanging out and all those things and, and you know, it's like I ended up flying home for a funeral during that break. And so it just make, makes you question, you know, wow. it's like, hey, it's like, yeah, right. And so. Um, I, you know, it's like Ben's much better than me that at, at, at kind of excluding the outside world, mm-hmm. um, you know, and focusing on the t- task at hand and the task at hand, you know, it's like, I could do it for the, the big 12s. I actually did a really good job pushing out of my mind, but between those, that, that two weeks, it was like, it's like, fuck, like, am I, am I missing a lot of my life? You know, it's like only tunnel vision on this one thing. Like, should I experience more? Should I be doing more? Like, you know, I didn't party, like I didn't drink. I didn't, I didn't care to, mm-hmm. um, you know, and even like now, it's like I don't drink that much. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's like I I love doing what I'm doing, and I want to invest time and energy in it. And not not saying that you can't have a couple, but like I'm I I have more of an addictive personality. Same. You know, so it's like so if I have like you know, it's like if I say hey, like you know, so actually right now, like I haven't drinking, so I, it was from halloween to thanksgiving and then i took a break for thanksgiving had a couple glasses of wine whatever and then and then from thanksgiving to 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 christmas um and i don't even think about it have you had issues with drinking in the past no never you know but i just i just enjoy not you to me yes i enjoy not drinking yeah (laughs) i do like my body feels better i wake up more refreshed i have more energy you know it's like but but i also enjoy the social aspect of it and so that sometimes like you know it's like not, not like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I consume too much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but like hanging out, having two, three beers, but if I have two, three beers, you know, it's on Monday and then like, I'll like, like, all right, like I'll have a glass of wine on Tuesday. And then, you know, it's like, you just kind of little by little. And like, I prefer things without that. Yeah. Um, but I have a hard time. It's either, it's either all or none for me. It's hard, hard for me to go like Dude. moderation. I couldn't agree more, man. A lot yeah. of people who are good at anything, forget about wrestling, I think seem to be that way. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're teetering on the edge of, you know, insanity or, or addiction because yeah. you have to have that, you know? Yeah. And so your yeah. freshman year, were you, or retro freshman year, were you just completely tunnel visioned all year? Like all you thought about was wrestling? Man, I've been tunnel visioned from the time I was in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, like when I say, you know, I know you've probably heard Ben say it or whatever. It's like he didn't take, I, I had no days off. I didn't want a day off. You were like that too? Fuck yeah. Oh, wow. Like every single day, it was like, wake up, it's like, all right, like, and I, you know, it's like I had things written out. I still have it. Like I've had assignment notebooks with check boxes and this and that. So I had my weeks planned out before any big tournament. I had three weeks planned out, like not anything like my parents didn't tell me to do it or anything like that. I just, I had, I was like, that's what, like, I had it planned out. I had mapped out what I needed to do. 
And so every single day, and, and I was really good at it, it's like, wake up, get your shit done. And then after that, the day's yours. Right. Right. That's what I did every single day. You know, it's like, and that was my priority is like, wake up. Th- these are the two things that I have to do today. Mm-hmm. And it's like, aside from that, you know, it's like everything else I do is, is whatever I want to do. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. So did you, so when this, when this friend of yours passed away before this, were you feeling tight and kind of pressure mounting? Cause I've heard that in past interviews, maybe that wasn't the case or did this one single instance kind of wake you up to the fact and start getting, getting your mind kind of off of, off of your single focus in wrestling? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's like, you can kind of look back, but it's hard to like go and kind of, you know, it's like deep dive, especially like on the spot. But I would say there was definitely pressure, but I would say I was insulated by a good group of guys mm-hmm. that when we were at tournaments, we were all joking around, hanging out, playing around that I didn't have much time to think about those things. And then, you know, it's like after my friend passed away, I feel like I kind of distanced myself a bit. Um, and not that like I did anything like, you know, it's like, I was like, all right, I'll purposely going to go away. But it's like, you know, it's like, I, I was inside, like I, I, I insomnia through all college. I'm still a terrible sleeper. So, I mean, I would like go to bed, like, cause I told you, like, I'm, I'm a prepper and I'm, I'm, I'm like very OCD. Yeah. Um, less so in my old age, but like more so when I was younger, but so it's like, I'd be, I'd be in bed at like 10 o'clock, 10 30, you know, it was like, I'm getting eight hours. We're waiting. You know, it's like, I got my lift at six o'clock. Like I'm in bed. I'm freaking going to bed, blah, blah, blah. And then three o'clock would roll around and I'd still be like pissed that I couldn't go to sleep, you know? And so it's like, that was my normal life. So it's like, and so it's funny. Cause you know, it's like my wife talks about like how, like, how like, you know, it's like, I'm tired. Like I only got six hours. So I was like, fuck, like that was my whole college career. I'd get like three, four hours of sleep. Um, you know, and I'd have my good days and bad days, but like, I would say probably three, four days out of the week, at least I was getting like three hours of sleep. Man. Um, not because I didn't want to, but <laughs> Just couldn't. Was it you just his mind was racing I about what you're gonna do the next day or couldn't turn it off, man. I was so excited. I was so excited to get started that next day. And that and it's like I was I mean, like I would say probably half the time I was probably wrestling on my head. You know, it's like going over dip, different positions. Like the positions, it's funny, it's like we we show guys scrambling, you know, and it's like and again, I think a lot of people think it's haphazard, but it's like, man, it's it's planned out, it's mapped out, it's 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 a technical art. Um, but it's one of those things that it's, you know, it's like, you're, you're logically thinking like, all right, he's got this, I've got that. Like, how can we figure out a different, different solution to this problem? Or is this the best way to think about it? And cause I think there's a lot of things that people do in wrestling that it's more so tradition and unquestioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's whatever you're cut co- in, like, it's like, it's like, don't use like, don't worry about it. Just do it. Right. Like you hear all the coaches say that, like, cause I said so, you know, it's like, <laughs> there's always that shit. And you're it's like, the worst. yeah. And you're like, it works. I think it teaches a lot of people really bad mental habits um, because then later on, then they, then they want to, you know, it's like, well, why did you just let him double leg you two times? Didn't you know he's in double leg you? And it's like, well, I've never used those mental skills of figuring out what the problem was. Cause I just listened to my coach and did whatever he said. But so I think there's a weird uh, structural um, hierarchy in, in wrestling that that's a lot that way. So um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of things that we do in wrestling that are more tradition than actually the best thing we can do. What are a couple of the more flagrant things you oh, see in youth wrestling? Stand-ups. Yeah. They're fucking atrocious. What's that? Stand-ups. Are just, stand-ups. They're atrocious. They're so terrible. Like the whole, the whole like, uh, you know, it's like you like you stand up and you're pushing to him and he pushes into you. Well, what if the guy just chooses not to push in and you fall over? Like it's the dumbest thing ever. What about the thing where you clear your arm and you catch their wrist right here? Yes, it's awful. Dude. All, those, all those things are awful. Like it's just, it's just so dumb. And then like. You know, if the kid doesn't stand up, you tell him to stand up. And then as soon as he stands up, you say, well, you didn't get the hand. That's why you got put down in your face. And you're like, it's just awful. Dude, um, I've heard yeah. your brother say it before on the T-Ron Funky show. He goes, I can't, if I see one more parent yell at their kid to stand up and they can't do a push-up, I'm going to lose it. It's like, they can't just, do a push-up, so how are they going to get up with someone on their back? It's know? so, it's, yeah, it's so absurd, you know? And so, but yeah, there's a lot of things that are like that. And again, and so, I, and I guess this is the same thing too that I would say is like, I understand, and even though I'm shitting on those people, um, I understand that they're trying to do the best they can for their kid, yeah. and that's what they think is best. Um, the same as I would say the coach is trying to do the best thing for their kid, and that's their best, right? But at some point, like, we need to break that cycle and say, hey, is this really the best way to do it? And nobody does that because the person before them and the person before them and the person before them said, hey, listen to what I say and do it. Don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's a that's that's a lazy philosophy to adopt. 
So did you guys have that kind of room at Missouri, your freshman, retro freshman year when you guys were challenging <laughs> things? And I mean, that seems like a, just a crazy environment to be in. Uh, so I would say, I mean, it definitely started before then. And so we both kind of build our basis up, like when we were kind of separately, like, um, so Mike Ironman showed Ben stuff and then Ben started doing it and being successful. And then Ben would show me stuff and it got propagated kind of through the room a little bit, but I don't think very much. I think they tried to isolate a lot when, when it was only Ben there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, they may have shown a little bit, but I don't think that much. Um, and then it became more prevalent my second and third year, they would actually show scrambling. Um, but at first I think they tried to stop it. Um, but it was it was Ben and I going back and forth, and so he would have the advantage one one week, and then I, I'd figure something out, and I'd you know so again like so when I'm up in bed like can't go to sleep, you know it's like I'm thinking about how to solve that problem. It's like man, like he keeps taking me down this way, so it's like I can identify the problem. I know what he's doing. I know what all the different variables are. Like what can I do? Is there a different way I can turn? Is there a different thing I can grab? Is there whatever to to figure out this situation? And so. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, I, we used to get yelled at so much. It was the first year that I was in, not my retro year. Um, after my first year, they kind of stopped. So I, I, um, I beat, I majored Joel Flagert, who's the number two in the country, and then I, man, I, I blew it against Jerry Ronaldi, who ended up taking second in the country that year, my retro year. So I was having a really, really good year. Um, but, um, but yeah, but it's like, dude, we used to get yelled at so much. So it's like all the time, it's like, stop fucking talking, stop, you know, stop talking, stop talking, stop, you know, because like you can't talk and work, right? Which is the old adage, but that's not true. But you guys were like um, pontificating and really thinking it out in, during uh, the practice. No, not during the practice, not during the practice. During the practice, we were just talking about our days, but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are those they, kids, huh? We were John, but you know, it's like, but the funny thing is, it's like, you know, it's like you drive a car, right? Mm-hmm. Does that affect your ability to drive as you're talking to the guy next to you? No. My no, girlfriend would no. say yes, but I don't think so. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's let's discard her her opinion then. Uh, but you know, but it's like so I would say no. And so it's like so a lot of those times it's like we had been doing it so much. I mean, we'd done it every single day, 365 for five plus years. Mm-hmm. So it's like we were going through and it wasn't going through the motions. It was just like it was it was something on top of it was like a layer on top of just what we were doing, but it didn't affect our ability to work. And so like by the end of the season, they had coach Horton, who is our coach. He's, he's the freaking man, but he was so like, we'd be like practicing. And so we'd be like towards the back of the room we were on the side. And so we'd be practicing there and he would just sit down right next to us. And so we'd be having a three-way conversation. And so they just like stopped worrying about us talking. You know, we were having a good time. Like we were entertained, but we were working our butts off, you know? And then when it came to live, like we were never talking. Right. Um, but like during drilling, it's like, we were we were always like messing with each other. So it was like high crotch, you know, change off the double finish. And like, we never did, like I even wrote drilling to me at like, once you get to like junior, senior year, it's kind of silly. I don't know why any coaches do it today. You couldn't tell me that it's the best thing to do. Um, what do you propose instead? I propose reality. (laughs) (laughs) I propose reality for me to tell you, Hey, you're going to do a high crotch. You're going to change off and get that double. That negates the fact that once you shoot in, you're going to have to figure out what the fuck he's doing. Right. Does he step and set the corner? Because if you're changing off and he steps and set the corner, you're never going to be able to get it. And you've got to react and get your shoulder in position. If he sprawls and you didn't get deep enough, does that mean you have to cut the corner? Right. What, what is he doing? And so I think, I think having a reality based system, even if you're saying, Hey, let's give the defensive man three options. Um, and then as you shoot in, I want you to figure out what you're supposed to do. Mm Mm-hmm. But that that builds the the skill set of hey I need to, I need to identify what the problem is, and then I need to create a solution. I need to use one of one of the things that I have learned to 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 perform. Right. Right. As opposed to like you I mean like you're because then if you don't do that and you say all right high crotch change off high crotch crackdown high crotch piston high crotch whatever you're gonna do right when I go out to a match and if I've been trained and the coach just tells me what to do I go out to match and I shoot what is my first finish. It's gonna be the double, I would think. Probably change off double. Yeah. What if it's what if it's the wrong reaction? Right, exactly. Now I now now I lost a whole half a second against one of the best guys in the country, right? I mean, so it's like so it, it doesn't really make any sense to me. But again, like we talked about the tradition thing, and I think that's kind of where it goes to. I think there's 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 a long um long lineage of of hierarchy and and listen to what I say and don't don't ask questions. And I think that's that's something that that hinders our ability to to improve. So it must drive you nuts then when you're if you go to a college practice and you see guys drill in that perfect high C to a double and it's like 
It drives me even more nuts to hear college coaches tell me that scrambling doesn't work. Do people still say that? Yep. Oh. 100%. I'm not going to name names, but I mean, within the, within the last 365, I've heard it. To take a look at Penn State, man, they uh, they seem to be rolling with it pretty well. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you like? And so this is like the reality versus traditional. The guy that's probably saying that. All right. And my assumption is that's what he was taught. Right. But if you would look around the country and look at the best guys in the country that are kicking your kids asses, <laughs> they're all scrambling. Yeah. So I don't know why. I don't know how you're supposed to beat your chest and say it. But, I, you know, it's like I guess part of that, too, is like. And I try not to be this guy and, and like, you know, it's like, I'll say stuff, but then I also have to catch myself and be like, Hey, listen, like, this is my opinion. Like, I know it's harder than that, but like, man, people get done with wrestling and they forget how much they used to get their ass whipped. Right. You see it. And it's like, you know, it's like, I can't, it's like, yeah, when I was in college, I did this and this and this, but I also have to tell people, Hey, when I was in college, like I got beat, I got beat a fair amount, you know? So it's like, it wasn't like I was the best. I had mistakes. I, we have flaws. We're human. But I think a lot of people get past that and they like forget that they ever lost a match and think everything they do is gold. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, The other thing I t- think about too is that a lot of coaches aren't professional coaches and so they don't have that much time to think about the things. Are you talking about high school, collegiate? High school and club, not collegiate. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. 100%. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't fault anyone for for what their, what their you know heritage is, what they've learned. Right. Um. You know, and I think that's probably something that I've, I've become better at as an older person and having perspective. Because before I'm like, man, like, why don't people do this? And I like, forget that, like, yeah, I was wrestling for six, seven hours in my bed. You know, it's I was wrestling in my head, you know, the whole damn time. And I was spending three hours on the mat for seven, eight years plus every single day. Man, would you so have been like, drilled together every time? No, 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 no. We, we, and so we had so man, we had so many, but again, like these were guys that weren't that, I would say weren't that good, but weren't that good coming in. You know, we had Mark Ellis, you know, all American, I think two time all American, one time NCAA champ. We had Chandler, um, uh, Michael Chandler, four time, you know, qualifier, then three time round of 12, round of 16, and then one time all American. So it's like, I mean, so we had, you know, Raymond Jordan, you had, you had all these guys that like ended up being good. But like, if you look at their high school, you know, situation, they were not very good. Right. But they, they worked their butt off. They all got better. Um, and man, we had a freaking blast doing it. And that's, that's something that, I mean, the Missouri, the Missouri room is so good at doing is, um, they really work on developing kids. And, and I think that's important. I think that's one thing that like, it really blows me away throughout the colleges is that like. You like you you want kids to like learn new stuff, mm-hmm. right? And develop, but I think a lot of those coaches don't be the are, are aren't aren't the ones that teach those kids the skills they need to develop. It's like they want to refine, but if you're not gonna if you're not gonna develop kids or they're not gonna learn anything new in their own room, then why don't they go to camps? Why don't they go to the OTC? Why don't they go to Russia? Why don't they get you know? It's like you think you would figure out a solution so that your kids can grow. Because a lot of those kids, I see they have the same tools every year. They might make minor tweaks, but they, they don't they don't develop any skills. Of the top 10 programs, how many do you think are good? You don't have to name names. Are good at taking a kid who, you know, taking a kid levels throughout high, throughout college and like really improving their game? I don't know. That's hard to say. I, I'd have to I'd have to have the top. I'd have to have the top kids in the country. Or I have to see the top programs in the country. But. You know, it's like you could say, you know, as much as you want about Penn State and they get the best guys and I think they really do. But then they also develop guys like Shakur Rashid and Mm -hmm. Anthony Kassar and, you know, it's like different guys like that. So they definitely can develop kids or kids can develop there. Um, You know, I don't have intimate knowledge of a lot of those places. So I don't know. It's like I don't know if they're a product despite their environment or because of their environment. Right. Right. I, I don't know. I think I think that's an interesting question because a lot of times, you know, it's like as you know, the the high school, sorry, the, the head coaches, a lot of times aren't the guys in the rooms. Mm-hmm. So how many times is it a situation where the head coach is saying, "Hey, we all need to develop these guys," and how many times is it do you just get a good assistant coach that wants to invest a lot of time and develops a good relationship with a couple guys on the team? Right. Because I think I think both happen. You know, and so I don't know if I would like to make any generalizations of, hey, like these programs do a good job. But I would say um, Missouri, NC State, Penn State, um, I think Cornell does a really good job. Um, you know, and that's not to say other programs don't. It's just I look at those ones and I'm like, those to me stand out. Well, I know you spent some time at Cornell and I've been fortunate enough to have. Yeah. Were you a coach out there? Or were you an RTC? No, no, I was not a coach. I, I did not live out there at all. I spent some time out there because I, I lived with Brian Robuto. Okay. 
Um, so the Robuto. So after college, I moved out. So I'd always wanted to to start a club. You know, when I was when I was done with wrestling. Um, and so I, I was out there like coaching camps, like we did every summer. We were hustling in the summer to to make 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 some money, and you know, it's like and and go travel around the country, and and then you know, it's like we bring practice partners and we keep wrestling. But um, so how long were but, you out in Ithaca for? I mean, maybe a couple of days. Oh, ever, really? At, I a, it at was a time, like yeah. Longer than that for some reason. Nope. I was in Westchester, New York, so I was right north of the, of the Bronx. Um, but yeah, so right, right north of the city. And so I, I moved out there afterwards to start a wrestling club. So his dad's like, Hey, like you should come out here and train my boys and live with me. I was like, yeah, like actually I told him to, to suck it the first time. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, but it's like, it was, you know, and then, uh, it was like, I got a, so it was the first year they had wild cards. Zeke Jones imp- imp- implemented wild cards into the world team trials, which I don't think they have anymore. Um, but uh, yeah. Right now, now it's really like honed in. So it's funny how those things change, but, um, but certainly the first they had it. So I had like a two week training camp to get ready. Cause I, I wasn't on the mat. Like I got a really bad back. So I was like, all right, like, you know, I'll get back in shape. I ended up throwing my back out again. And I was like, all right, well maybe I should take him up on that offer and, and move to New York. Um, and so I called him up. I said, Hey, is the offer still standing? And he said, yup. And so I went there and trained him. And so those three years I, you know, it's like I knew coach Cole because, um, Brian Smith, our Missouri's coach and him were really close. Um, they coached together at Cornell, Mm -hmm. um, before then, um, under Jack Spates. And so, so anyway, so I, I had already had a relationship with him. Jeremy Spates is out there. who's a former Missouri guy. Um, and then I kind of knew some of the other guys. And so, so anyway, so I, you know, and had Brian, Brian ended up going there and I'd go up every once in a while and go wrestle with those guys. But yeah, as far as like longstanding coach, I was never like a longstanding coach out there. When you were out there then, did you, one, what I love about Cornell is that they don't apply that conventional logic. Like they, they don't have morning practices at 6am and lift and no. run, right. They do it at different times. And yep. you know, both Gabe and Mike Gray have been on it, said that. And I think that's just speaks to how sharp coach Cole is. But when you were out at Cornell, did you get a chance to scrap with Dake at all? Uh, no, we played around a little bit when he was like after his freshman year It was the only time we ever kind of rolled around a little bit. It was after his freshman year. We were both on the Fargo coaching staff together for okay. New York. Um, and so it's like, it was like, I think it was in Binghamton. I wasn't very good with geography back then, but I think it was like the Binghamton area. But, um, you know, it's like we played, we played around a little bit, but it was like really, really just kind of a lights bar, like messing around. And I would say it's probably five, 10 minutes. Um, uh, but after then we never, we never rolled. Um, but man, he's pretty damn amazing. He's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, he is. I just saw it's... someone post on Twitter that the last time he lost was the Regan January of like 2018, and it's like God, yeah. just, the guys he's rolled through since then is unbelievable. He's uh, his, you know. So I would say I don't know if I like his philosophy as far like like towards wrestling as far as a, sorry, and so I'd say this as far as like um, risk adversity. I don't know if I like it in total as far as like as far as a generalization for everyone, but God dang, he is good at it. Like he he he's he doesn't you know, he doesn't take more shots than he needs in the sense that like and so I don't know where he cuts it off at. You know, I think I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if he could answer, but like um I feel like a lot of times he has opportunities to take shots. And so you do this as you get older, you take you you leave yourself more and more um better better opportunities. Yeah. You know, so it's like rather than a 70 30 situation, he wouldn't take it. He'd wait till he has like a 95 five. Right. So it's like 95 percent of the time he's going to get that score. You know, and I think he waits for those, which, again, I think a lot of people don't have like, you know, God, I mean, it's like you have to have so many different attributes. One, you know, it's like athletically, he's he's amazing. Yeah. But two, tactically, God, it's like I even look at the Daringer match and kind of breaking that down and what he did. Because like I, you know, it's again, so it's funny because you hear from both sides and I don't communicate anything to either one because that's not my place. You know, my, my place there is more of a spectator and I, you know, it's like, I'm not going to show any favoritism, but like, you know, it's like Chris Perry was telling me the game plan for wrestling Dake there. And then, and then I watched the, the, you know, the, uh, the wrestle off at final X and I'm like, God dang, he took that game plan and just turned it on its head. Like he, he used what he was going to do against them and, and tore him apart, which is like, man, that's a frustrating match to watch. It's it's next level. Yeah. But like, but that's Dake though. He doesn't, he, he very, very rarely makes any like men. It doesn't make any mental mistakes. Doesn't make any tactical mistakes. Doesn't position himself out. I mean, he does so many good things and he's so far ahead that I feel it's like almost like 
you can have you can it's like you know it's like you're like the best checker player in the world but he puts you onto a chessboard and like in in you're screwed um so it's like yeah is it frustrating to watch kind of unless until until you appreciate how how good he has to be to do what he did to daringer right because i mean like let's be honest like, is like top three in the world right he's top three in the world at one at 79 kilos right he's tearing everyone up right i think in one ranking it was like one and two right two and three whatever or one and three but it's like he made him look so bad that you're like god like is that guy even good <laughs> I know, but if you right? watch him in any other matches, you're like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. Like, Daringer is like a stud. He's a bona fide stud. Top, top, right? top, top, top. Top yeah. in the world. Right. And he made him look so bad. So, I mean, so I think, you know, it's like anything. I think once you once you develop a greater appreciation for wrestling, you, you, you look at the hand fight and how he's positioning him out and how he cuts the corner when he pushes in to put him back on the line. I mean, it's like those tactics, like, man, that's, that's like, that is an appreciation of an, an art form. So high level. Now I have yeah. to ask you about your senior year of college. Before I do, who Ooh. has who gives us the best chance of beating Sidikoff, JB or Dake? I don't know. I think they both have a really good chance. I think Sidikoff is good. Sidikoff reminds me of Dean Heil. Okay. And and not in the sense of anything technique, but I would say in the sense of his ability to win. He finds a way. It's finds not man. Way. It's not. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. But he finds a way. Like his and like and like that's a skill set that a lot of people like underestimate but it's like he 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 understands how to compete and how to win and he's got good enough skills to go do it um so to beat him like you really gotta you know it's like you really gotta put a nail in the coffin and so it's like man it's like in for as good as jordan burroughs is um the guy's got to be damn good god he has um, to be but good. i mean i i would say right now confidence wise it seems like dakes at dakes at that point where it's just, he's he, he seems like his confidence is unshakable he seems 100% convicted of, of what he's doing. So, um, man, but they're both they're both so awesome. So good, man. It's, so damn good. What a what a pleasure it is to watch wrestling now. Yeah. Um, I was and, I was oh. still, like, thinking about when I was in middle school and high school. Joe Williams was my favorite wrestler. Yeah. But like the rules suck so bad back then. It was just really tough to watch that ball drop into yeah three periods. Those, the oh. ball drops were terrible. 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 terrible situation and though i was actually thinking this i don't know why they call it the ball drop because really you're just picking a ball out of the bag but yeah ball grab that's neither here nor there <laughs> yeah ball grab doesn't roll off the tongue as yeah. much no it um, doesn't that and it sounds gay so <laughs> so if we uh i have to ask about this because i i love watching uh the tournament your senior year so one of the things i find interesting though is that your senior year going into it did you really think you weren't going to wrestle that year yeah i mean that's why ben was at arizona state because of an injury um, or yeah so i and so i i, I again so i it's like in confidence i talk to people about that situation but i don't want to throw anyone under the bus but yeah um you know it's like i hurt myself my junior year and i kept telling people it's like hey i need time off i need time off and they'd be like oh you can have a morning practice off and really it was one coach in in the trainer that like and so uh, you know for the trainer's sake i think he was kind of brainwashed by the coach mm -hmm. but it was like oh he's not hurt he's just being a pussy which like again i told you it's like i there was not one day i wanted to take off i wanted to, to be in there i wanted to be grinding but my you know it's like I, my l4 l5 were herniated when i was a sophomore in high school they've degenerated <laughs> since then so anyway so i ended up like throwing my back out because after after um after conference my junior year, so I lost to Brester and then Brester beat, or sorry, yeah, Brester beat Varner that time. Um, but anyway, so I like no one, number one or two in the country. I weighed like 195, 198, something like that, you know? So I was like in that range. And, uh, but they decided the reason I didn't win is because I didn't lift enough weight. So they had me like do RDLs, which we hadn't done in like months. And I ended up hurting myself. Um, <laughs> so then after that, then they told me it was all in my head. It was all muscular, this and that. So by the time the NCAs rolled around, I couldn't put on my own shoes and I was getting shot up with cortisone in my, in my spine. Fuck. Right? And so like I, I, you know, it's like I didn't take fit that year, but like I literally could not get in my stance. I just 2 on the shit out of everyone, rode them, and then rolled on bottom because I couldn't stand up. Jesus. You know, so it's like, so so I went from there and so it's like I do, I could not get on the mat. And so, so yeah, so I get done with the NCAs. And, you know, I asked, I asked for something for pain, you know, it's like, there's like, I'm freaking dying. Like, can you give me something like, and really, I think the best thing would have been muscle relaxers. Cause like, even like now, if I piss it off, like it just, it clenches up. 
Um, but anyway, so it was no, it's all muscular. It's all in your head, you know? And so, um, I get the MRIs back. And so two of them are totally degenerated. There's nothing there. And then I actually broke my back wrestling Dorian Henderson. I ended up shooting in. It was a weird situation where like my back like bowed in yeah. and I felt it. And I was like, God oh, dang, like, I don't know what that is. But so the, the doctor's also like, oh yeah. And you fractured this facet here, like or whatever <laughs> at some point. And I was like, I knew, I knew that I heard it. I'd be like, I could, I could go through it. It wasn't that big of a deal. Um, or in my head, like I was like, yeah, it's like not that it's relative to the other side. It wasn't that much. But, um, but anyway, and so since that day, like I've never heard anything about me being a pussy or anything like that, but the people had said that I've never apologized or said anything else, which, which doesn't sit well with me. Doesn't sit well at all. Now, no, that's, that's, we're, we're all human. We make mistakes, but to say something like that and then to completely ignore the fact that you, that you said that at the time and like, Hey man, my bad. You know, it's like, I didn't think it was anything, but, but damn. you know, it's like. So my, fast my forward bad. to the 12 so, months of your senior year, were you able to move then? Or were you still battling? No, no, I, I was doing good. And so, um, so I took four or five months off, um, where I wasn't on the mat at all. And so like, this is like, I think like early August, I was telling Ben, I was like, Hey Ben, like, listen dude, I can't get in this thing. I can't wrestle. Like my back still fucking kills just sitting there. Like I, I'm not going to wrestle this year. And he, he was having a hard time with like the coaches. So there was the coach that I told you that kind of was brainwashing yeah. people, but who I actually really like as a person, but as, as far as a coach and what he was doing, I think he needed to grow up. Um, but, um, but anyway, so uh, there was two coaches there and there's the other two coaches. And so Ben ended up going out to Arizona state with the coach that was leaving. He said, Hey, well, I've got an offer to go to Arizona state and like, I'm, I'm frustrated here. And so mm-hmm. I said, all right, good. Then, then you should, you should go. Um, and so he went and then it got to like, you know, it's like, uh, late August and things started getting a little bit better. I started playing around, you know, it's like 15, 20 minutes. And then, uh, you know, it's like, and then, you know, I talked to coach Smith and he was really amazing. And, you know, he's like, Hey, like, you know, it's like, you know, and I was ready to say, it's like, Hey, listen, if you want me to go through a regular season, I'm done. Like, I can't, I can't do that. And he was, but he was great, man. He's like, Hey, it's like, let's modify things. Like, you know, it's like, we'll figure out however you need to practice. Like, let's figure out a way to get you there and get to keep you healthy. And so, I mean, so I, I practiced on my own. There's very few times that I practiced with the team my senior year because I couldn't go through a grind like that, you know? So I'd have 45 minute workouts. I'd have hour, hour workouts, um, either with a guy on the team or an assistant coach. Um, I lifted, you know, it's like a lot of times I was lifting on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, it's like I had time off, you know, it's like, so I think after, um, what was it national duels? They had you and I back then. Um, so after national duels, I had like a two week period off where I didn't weigh in, where I wasn't really wrestling, where I was, you know, it's like kind of letting my body rest. And then lo and behold, come the NCAs. And it's like, I was, I was, I was feeling good, man. I was ready to roll. Yeah. I mean, fun. that semifinal match, you get yeah. thrown in a cradle right away down five zero. <laughs> Did you, uh, did you ever sit and think like, fuck, I'm on my back or like, did any doubt creep in or were you, were you steady throughout that match? I gotta be honest and tell you, I don't even remember that I was on my back. Really? No. It wasn't long. Uh, yeah, I know. I just, I, short term memory is good, you know? And, and, um, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, if you told me I was wrestling again, I'd probably go watch some tape on that and go see what, what was happening. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like at the time and place, you know, it's like, it's not going to help me to dwell that I got put in a cradle and, you know, it's like it's not going to help me for the rest of the match. Right. Um, you know, it's like you make those adjustments, they're short, but it's like, you can't dwell on that point. So, um, no, I don't even remember thinking about it, you know, and it's like, you get down by points or not. It's like, you, you never should be resorting to go to home runs. It was just, you know, go get a takedown, go get, you know, near fall, go get an escape and just point by point by point. Get it done. Yeah. And yeah. Then obviously yeah, the finals I, look just an I, awesome performance, dude. Fucking yeah, rip. Kind of. I still, I still like, I'm like, man, it's like, and I, you know, you don't know what it is, but I remember after that second turn, I kind of rushed it a little bit. And so I really, I should had I been patient, I think I would have got the pin there on that crab ride. I mean, like I, I had it. Um, but then after that, I remember like, like, I remember the thought crossed through my mind, like, man, it's like, just don't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you're, you're, you're up by seven points or six, you know what? I, I forget what I was up. By. I think it was like six or seven points. It's like, man, it's like, there was no way this dude's put me on my back. Like, I can give up a takedown or so, but I was like, I just need to like, you know, it's like, I need to, I need to make sure I'm wrestling an intelligent match and being disciplined. And so I think for that reason, I think I kind of was more reserved. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I really could open that match up pretty well, but, but. Was it more of a relief to have it done or did you real feel a sense of real joy when you won the nationals your senior year? 
Yeah, it, it was fun. You know, and I, and I think in the moment, I didn't think about anything at all. I didn't think, like, ah, I wish I would have rested a little bit more. But, you know, I think that was, that was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's, you know, it's like, again, that was a perspective when I had when I was younger that I, that I, you know, was unable to maintain. But man, I just, you know, I, you know, it's like, you see it when you see some of those guys, it's like, you just want to, you just want to go compete and you want to wrestle as hard as you can for seven minutes and show what you have. And I think that's one thing with, uh, when I'd say like with that, with, with my wrestling is that like my ability to compete, I've never really been able to like, um, show all the skills that I have on a mat, mm-hmm. like in competition, like myself when I'm, when I'm in practice is, 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 you know, a different person. I think that's true for everyone. Um, and I think there's some people that are, that are better than it than others. Um, and there's some people like, you know, I think Kyle Dake's that way. And I think my brother's that way is like, you see him in practice and they might struggle a little bit and you see him in a match and it's like a different person and they're, they're, they're even better. They're even sharper, you know? And so, um, you think that's teachable it, now that you're a coach? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, again, I, I don't, I don't have an idea of like how it's, te- you know, it's like, I, I can't tell you the exact game plan for how it's teachable. But, you know, it's like as far as like as, as much as I've been coaching and, and, you know, it's like it's the skill set that you get better at. But it's like I couldn't even tell you like how you're going to develop a guy from nothing, knowing nothing about wrestling to being amazing at wrestling. You know, I think I think that everything's kind of an individual case. And I think that's probably the same thing that goes for as far as like a mental game. It's probably an individual case. It's like it's not a one size fits all. Um, so there's a lot of time and energy in that. But, yeah, I think I think it's a skill set. Yeah. Well, I I think so, too. And it's it's. You know, I don't know if there's any formula to do that. Obviously, if there would, if there was, that person would be probably a wealthy individual because it's a it's something a lot of people struggle with. Last question for you, my friend, is and I ask everyone this, and you've given a lot of a lot of your time and thoughts today already. But what is or how has wrestling changed your life, or what lessons you use every day now that you're a professional wrestling coach? Yeah, you know, I, I I don't know. So I'd say there's there's two things. I was kind of thinking about this. You had you had it in the notes there. Um, but there's two things that I'd say. And so one, of course, wrestling has taught me you know, amazing lessons. Um, I think I think so. The biggest one, I think, for young people and the one of the reasons why I love it um, is that it gives you a reality base to to test things out and more so to figure out that you making improvements or you working hard um, allows you to improve and succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important at a young age. I mean, if you're on a baseball team and like you're working really hard at pitching and you go out there and the coach is like, no, 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 Johnny pitches. All right. You're in the outfield. We talked about this already. Right. Um, so it's hard sometimes to show the skill sets you have, I think, in, in other realms. And I think in wrestling, it's one of those things. It's like no matter who you are, you're always going to get a shot. You know, and if you keep beating people, I mean, it'll help you build confidence and, and, and learn, learn to tie in hard work um with improvement maybe not success but improvement um and i think that's a really important thing i just think like you know it's like again i look back to my own childhood and i'm like all right like in school like you kind of see it but nobody cares right (laughs) you know or at least i would say like in our culture it's like you know it's like you don't see most individuals in high school spending hours and hours and hours outside of school like studying math right because then they're bored or then the teacher they know more than the teacher and so at some point you hit it you hit like a, a, a like i would say like a high level you mm-hmm. know or sorry some point you hit a um, a point where like you can't get help or you can't prove things you know maybe mathletes would would uh, deny me that, that <laughs> you know but uh but but i think that's one thing that's really important is that is that kids learn to tie success in with their hard work and, and tie those two things together um and then the other thing i was going to kind of uh, crap on the sport of wrestling a little bit. Um, not, Perfect. not in the sense that there's anything wrong with the sport of wrestling, but the culture that surrounds it. Um, you know, and so it's like everyone wants to promote how tough you have to be and you learn toughness and this and that. But I think the one thing that really bothers me. And so I, I had a parent, um, so we were in a wrestling club, but we also try and keep like, so I, at least I do. Um, I think, I think all of us do a really good job at, at trying to keep good relations with local programs. I mean, we're working together. We're not working against each other, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so one of the kid, one of the one of the coaches, his kids come to me. Uh, we have a great relationship. So he tied me in. He CC'd me in because he does the local program. There's a person that couldn't make the days they have, and we run on opposite days so the kids can do both. Um, but so you know, it's like I I read his email of like he's like, of of like coming into the club, and I'm like, God dang, is that what you think? He's like, he's like, well, I want my kids to see how tough it is because life is tough and this and that. And I'm like, shit, it's like, 
man, when I was young, like until seventh, eighth grade, I didn't care about that at all. I wanted to have some fun. Like I like throwing people on the ground, like, but it was like an enjoyable experience. And I think that's, that's something that a lot of people forget. They want to promote that toughness. Um, but like at the beginning, it's not about that. It's not about how tough people are. It's like, as they get involved, as they start to care, they're willing to go through more. And I think that's something that a lot of youth coaches and club coaches do a poor job at is that they want to like show how tough it can be at first. And then 90%, 95% of the guys are going to quit. Got to weed them out though. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, and, the, and, the, and then not, not only that, but then afterwards like, see, wrestling's not for everyone. And like, in, in my mind, that's bullshit. If you're saying that wrestling is the best sport and it teaches the best life lessons, then why can't anyone pussy or not, or, you know, it's like a kid that's never going to win a varsity match or the kid that's a national champion, those guys both will improve their lives by learning those skills. So why, why, why stop those kids from having that experience? And I think that's a sad thing to me is that like everyone, everyone like use that as, as, as a, what's it called? It's, um, it's almost like a badge of honor. It's a badge of honor, but then it's like a what is it called? It's a reinforcing. So it's it's cyclical, but it reinforces your thought. It reinforces your thought of wrestling is tough. It's not for everyone, and then you push somebody right the first day they come. You have them go with your best guy, and you're just like Johnny, teach him what it's about. And then Johnny smashes him, <laughs> and he walks out of the room. He never comes back. You're like, see, it's not for everyone. You know, and so it's like, so you get those things and you're like, no, no, no. It's like, why don't you like, you know, it's like, get him in it for a year or two, let him have fun. And then at the point where he loses a match and he's like, man, like I, like, I know I can beat that guy. You're like, yeah, you can, you know how you can, you can work a little bit harder, you know? And then little by little you, you ramp it up. But I think all, all too often we want to do things right away. We want to like crank it up on kids and we don't allow them to, to develop that passion and, and, and that, that connection of working hard and getting, and getting what you want. Um, you just want to like have them work hard for no damn reason. Um, you know, they haven't made that connection. I think as young people, it's hard. Yeah. That's something where we're the only sport where we brag about being able to shy kids away from the sport after like day one of practice. Like we're proud of it. And then we wonder why we don't have anyone wrestling. Right. <laughs> you're like, you're like, why can't we fill teams like high school teams up? You know, why can't we fill these teams? Yeah. And it's because everyone in their mom that has ever wrestled before understands that wrestling is tough and it's not for everyone. So they have that mentality when they go in, they're coaching, they're coaching like a, a, a normal high school that has six people. They think they have to like push guys out of it. You have six people, you have 20 come out and you weed 14 out because you have them running sprints and puking the first day. No one likes to do that anyway. You know, no. it's like, <laughs> who would want to do, you know, it's like, exactly. And so it's like, you have kids that have done it forever. And so then they do it and that's normal for them. And you have all the other kids that just started and they're like, man, this sucks. Like I'm doing this. Like, you know, and so it's like, if you can have a hundred people out for cross country, I don't know how you can't have a hundred people out for wrestling. hundred percent. Yeah. Like it's, it's, but I, but I think it's our mentality going into it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a fault of the sport. I think it's a fault of, of the culture. Well, Max, I know you'd have some unique views, man. And, and we're only hit, hitting the tip of the iceberg, brother, but yeah. I wanted to thank you for your time and thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you're, it. You're welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day, brother. You too. Bye. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating, and share this with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life.